0: Welcome to Veterans Connected, where maintenance and reliability expert and military veteran Eric Bevavino connects with fellow veterans in industry during each episode, where they exchange their experiences and discuss the transition from the military to industry and the paths and resources that led them to where they are today. The Veterans Connected podcast is proudly produced by the industry's leading network and learning community, Mobius Connect. Eric, over to you. Hi everyone, I'm Eric Bevino, host of the Mobius Connect podcast focused on connecting military veterans to the maintenance and reliability community. Our aim here is to bridge the understanding gap between the military and civilian worlds, thereby improving the veteran transition journey and ultimately providing hope and helping hand to any of our brothers and sisters out there struggling to find their way. We'll do this by interviewing veterans who have successfully made it through. For this session, we've chosen to interview one such army veteran, for the second time tim harman whose fascinating patriotic story is must listen for anyone interested in joining us on this mission hey tim thanks for joining us Hey, it's good to see you again how are you likewise i'm I'm good man good when we had this first interview the inaugural interview which was in february of 22 so maybe 18 months 17 months uh, back right in the rearview yeah. mirror you and i had not met in person before we since met in person at one of the mobius events which was great and i heard your story live at that event which was oh, fantastic as well and you know we met uh, with some of the other other veterans that have been on the podcast so far so we thought it was appropriate to begin season two this is really season two of the Veterans yes. Connected podcast. Yes. Who knew that yeah. it'd be the 21st episode? I think that's great. And you started off in a wonderful fashion. So, what better way to do this season two than with you, Tim? So
1: where you been over the last year? What have you been, well, um, been up to? First off, first off, let me tell you, like, first of all, I just want to say this this whole thing's been you know, blessing in disguise, right? So, um, you know, the fact that this, uh, I remember when it was just a, a thought when we first started talking, actually in, in 2021, and the fact that it became a reality in 2022 is just, you know, incredible. And and the amount of people that have embraced it from the veteran side along the way has been astounding. So uh, uh, actually, I got a lot out of listening to everybody's story, not only that, but like all the different avenues that are uh, available, you know, from, From listening to Ken, who we met at the Mobius, you know Ken Rice and his uh, his uh, parachuting over France and so on, and uh, and then all the way down to just the conglomerate. I mean the 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 um I know the Bobby Allens and the stuff, the different the different branches, the different um, experiences, and the way that those have really just drawn people into this reliability maintenance slash organizations uh around the United States, but all the different positions that people have that are really making reliability in in the United States a a, a reality and, and giving that, that momentum, you know. So I thought it was fascinating, and the fact that we had that kind—that you've just been able to get that kind of love behind it—is impressive. So, congratulations! And and well, yeah,
0: thanks, thanks, brother. I mean, uh, it was uh, Mr. Todd White that got us together, right, originally, and and just talking about hey, there seems to be a need, and and you in a consulting job, really. I mean, you get to meet a lot more people on a daily basis than I do in my Current job even though I'm I'm in a sales and a customer facing role I'm in a, a manager role so I've got a couple teams that are doing most of the customer facing for me day to day so are you are you see I mean are you hearing from other folks that they're enjoying uh kind of what we're laying down here or that they're, they're aware of it uh, without oh, yeah.
1: prompting okay okay good oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's no, I exciting think, uh, I think even outside of uh you know the typical military life right so i'm actually hearing you know friends of mine people that you know i'm I'm connected with um you know just not necessarily it, it, even people that aren't subscribed to it but see it come across on the wire from you know my own page i think they find that uh there's there's well i think what the key is is they like they like the fact that there's this this segue into this, uh, this real application on the backside of the podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. when you start talking about, Hey, what are you doing? This past historical experiences into this application for today. But really, I think people also get a kick out of just realizing that there's still guys walking and ladies walking around here that are, that have done this stuff. You know what I mean? And they're, they're out here and they're making it happen out here. And I think that that's a, it's a profound message that, that, that experience does mean something and that it is useful and there is a place and there is value in that and, and there's a true testament to over 18 months of all these podcasts that are yeah, just that right, you
0: know right on i mean i watched uh the covenant on the plane ride recently and thought you know before the podcast Likely would not have known a person that I could actually put into that framework, but now sure. that I know you, I could put you into the framework after learning your story. I mean, think, I think at the end of the day, everybody's got a story, right? Everybody's got a story, and and we know our coworkers and our acquaintances probably to a surface level, unless you know we really sit down and have have some good meaningful conversations, perhaps over an adult beverage of bourbon. There you go. <laughs> uh, or or soda or whatever, and yeah. uh, and it, it, there's a lot of a lot of depth to to everybody that's out there. And in the veterans that are out there, have uh, you know a unique story like everybody else, but it may be a little a little more diverse. But there are other people who go out and do challenging things in different countries and have other experiences. I think it, it, it's it's a nice testament. I mean, we have had. One Coast Guardsman. We've yep. had one lady on the podcast, so yep. we need more. The yep. only service not represented is the Marines. Yeah. So far, but I have some ideas there. Well, I got and- a guy for you. I got a guy okay. for
1: you. <laughs> I got a guy. <laughs> I got a guy. Thirty-year right major, retired sergeant major, so we can get him in there for sure. Well,
0: fantastic. We'll we'll bring it on and. Yep. You know, we've we've been over some some miles, I guess. Uh, Your organization has been purchased by a larger organization. My organization (laughs) has been purchased by a larger organization. So, you know, we're going through another transition here. Not only the transition from military life to civilian life, but a transition for me uh, from a medium-sized company to very large company because Valvoline global operations, the the business-to-business side uh, of the organization and the manufacturing was purchased by Saudi Aramco. Okay. And and allied reliability is i can see your board people listening to the podcast can't see it but i see your whiteboard behind you and i see shell up in the upper left hand corner so uh yeah so shell has purchased how's that transition been have has it been kind of like a transition from the military into yeah.
1: <laughs> the civilian
0: world but a little easier than that
1: um i think i think there's a little bit um uh, you know obviously any kind of change um, delivers another level of complexity, right? Um, and, and first I want to just take a step back and say that sure you know the, the fact that we are um, that military people are so versatile because we because things are always very fluid in the military changing and stuff like that that there's a that the adaptability to another level of complexity um, probably is a beacon of hope for a lot of people that that the transition can happen, right? Um, not saying without any kind of uh, degradation or whatever but the the stature of which people have uh, coming out of the military of just understanding how things work and that dynamic um, allows them to assimilate into a different Paradigm relatively easy but what I would tell you is is um uh, us at the uh at the Allied group who was purchased by the shell lubricants group,, um, fascinating times. I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's a, it's a different group of people. It's a, you know, they did have had a different mission. Um, And I really like the idea of what they were doing is trying to accommodate customers needs by bringing in a level of service, uh, not just lubricants, but the service that goes around with, you know, Hey, we get it. You're the blood and the machines, but now let's bring in the subject matter expertise that can figure out the rest of the strategy. Right. So that was pretty, pretty um, smart on their part. What I, what I do like about it is, is that they're continuing to run Allied as a, a as with some autonomy, right? And so there's, it's an independent subsidy of Shell. So we're we're still doing a lot of work outside. Um, really haven't, really started to assimilate with them into the safety paradigm, but really as far as the cultural dynamic within the company is still maintaining its continuity as it was before, which is really nice, right? Um, but yeah. Well, Things and and so I, change, right? yeah, <laughs>
0: as you might imagine, I I worked uh, I worked for Chevron in the past, and there was a reliability. Obviously, in any sort of refining or, or process oriented industry, there's a lot of reliability focus. It doesn't always extend to the other parts of the business, right. but when I when I was there. It did, and that's what got me interested in maintenance and reliability, and that got led me to MRG, and then MRG yeah. went to Emerson, and and all that. So I think there's there's a nice match there in what really dawned on me once once I got into maintenance and reliability that there are multiple components to it. it sort of brought me back to shipboard life, like there are so yeah. many components in the system, and lubricants are are a key part of it but not the whole thing right lifeblood like you said lifeblood but uh, a lot of other things are very important in the world of maintenance and reliability and those things most of which i learned in the service and i suspect you learned in the service too on the the process orientation to prevent a maintenance and really having your gear ready to go when you know the proverbial stuff hits the fan and and uh you know let's uh let's settle up and get going. But yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Well, yeah, that's that's exciting. Yeah. I mean
1: yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was saying we we did a lot of that too as well as you know it's just an interesting, you know, you can talk about when it when when it hits you you gotta be ready. And uh, I enjoyed that part of it. And I think there was a there's a, a level of um fun that happens even when you're overseas. I did took my tours in Afghanistan and so on. But you know like uh you're outside the wire for three weeks at a shot but there is there is this calming moment, or I would say like this this, uh, this moment of um, embracing each other. Uh, and you know what it usually happens over? Weapons cleaning, right? Ah, you, nice. you go clean your weapons so you're ready for the next one. But it's really a bunch of Joes sitting around, you know, talking and just hashing out old stories and, and story time while you're making sure. You're doing good functions checks and cleans, and you get all the stuff out there. that's gonna stop weapon jamming. Yeah, it's pretty interesting when you think about it like that. Because I probably know a lot, know a lot more about a lot of guys out there just from weapons cleaning sessions. Well, you know, that's a good example, right?
0: Uh, you're focused on something else, something that's mechanical, right? Something that takes some attention. So, I mean, it's not super complicated, but it's complicated enough that you got to put the springs in the back the right way. You got to have everything clean. Yeah. You got to pay attention to detail. So you can maybe let your mind wander a little bit in the conversation mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, your guards down, perhaps you you started yeah. out with a moment of calm right that's yeah. that's how you characterize a moment of calm so okay this is something that we can control oh yeah.
1: <laughs> right? yeah. in yeah. a world in a vuca
0: environment that yeah. we can't can't control much yeah this is something yeah, we yeah. can tr- can control that makes us comfortable i uh the, the I other 11 hours that. might be chaos but at least you have that
1: moment area yeah.
0: yeah without yeah. a doubt without a doubt so uh tim Based on our interview last time, which was very content rich and very interesting, I recommend anybody listening to this go back and listen to the first part of the story as well, where you covered your your youth, your upbringing, your um, in the service. You went to Bosnia and you came back and you went to Arizona and college and got in a farm and got in the National Guard and went to Afghanistan and then came back. Anything that we didn't cover that you thought about afterwards that said, man, I wish I would have told this story or, or we would have talked about it. I mean, you've been in so many industries, right? You've been in, in the army for sure. And then you've been in, um, pharma Mm -hmm. tire tire. And if I miss Mm -hmm. any of these and, and did you go into food? Oh, you steel, steel. Yeah. Steel manufacturing after that. Um, anything, what, what else did I miss there?
1: Uh, no, and I think um you know uh I was in you know dibble dabbled on paper a little bit, but um you oh, know, paper okay, palm, palm and paper yep. yeah so um you know I don't I mean the, the the stories are so long you know and 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 our and the things that we learn are probably more than you could probably you know this is to your point sit down over a nice adult beverage, but clear your calendar, we got some time to talk, you know, so. I, I think, um, you know, what has been the the real thing is as I continue to move forward. So those those experiences help, um, you know, lay down foundational things and then and then help me to continue to, um, you know, learn along the way, but also have enough people that are pointing me into additional things. Like, for example, I never knew really about Mobius. And I take that as an example, as they're doing all these great things for us, I would like to use them as an example but i didn't know all the opportunities that mobius offered right Mm. um until i started talking more and we were with allied and the partnerships with allied and so on like that that you realize that there's other things out there and so it's that those foundational things allowing people to continue to you know um let you build off of those foundations and then i think when you have a passion for it, like we do, of maintenance and reliability, and I think there's a huge sense of accomplishment when you can really drive that fruition. And I and I mean it. And 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 I you know not to get too technical or outside the lanes here, but hey man, when somebody comes back and says your availability is up, or profit margins are doing great, or you know these things that when you hear it for the first time, you look at your buddy and go like. Is that good or bad? Right. You know, and then, and then they start putting all the green things up there and wanting to buy the team pizza and all that stuff, you know, to show appreciation. you start to learn these things and, and there's a sense of reward, you know, a sense of ownership in that space, which I think has been great And it. It's a catalyst to continue to want to learn more, but not necessarily in the same setting, but through educational type things like, the ARPA or the ARP, which is the, you know, asset reliability professional classes that are offered or getting, you know, your, your CMRP through SMRP or whatever the case may be. But those are the things that you begin to seek out. Right. So you're dealing with your day-to-day stuff. And I still deal with it today as a, I've since moved into a solutions delivery manager. So I have, multiple projects across um uh, you know a wide spectrum a wide metric network i mean we got one that's going on right now off on a platform off the coast of australia but we do a lot of stuff remote you know and um but as you see these things getting into oil and gas getting into you know um you know lumber when you get into pharmaceuticals there's these 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 niche things that present themselves that go man what it what is the best practice what is it you know, one of the common things I hear a lot from everybody is, "So I want you to compare me against industry standards." Well, what I don't know what all of those are, but but <laughs> right. it allows you that opportunity to go seek it out, and that's uh, the knowledge base you get. The opportunity to learn has been fascinating, even after twenty years in reliability. It's just every day presents a new opportunity.
0: Well, and lifelong learning, right? So yeah. it all it all starts with a conversation and a curious mind. And mm-hmm. a desire, you know, maybe the the backbone of business, you know, a certain type of business or a certain type of manufacturing, is similar, right? But there's that five to ten percent that's going to be different, and it's important. Yeah. Right. And if you don't learn about it, then you're not going to be able to provide the best advice, guidance, or or right. even operate within in that system. So, I think that you know that's a that's something that whether you're whether you're perhaps born with it or or it's latent until you get to an organization like the u.s military that promotes lifelong learning and consistent advancement Um, i'm I'm not sure which one it is but i know for sure that the military (laughs) does does provide that path and that expectation to always be learning and always be growing and that's not common in corporate america for mm-hmm. for sure i i don't know if it's uh common in the public sector i haven't really worked in the public sector that much whether it's government or municipality but uh, i i suspect there are a fair bit of, of veterans in the public sector because you can use your time and in, in mm-hmm. some cases and, and move along but that lifelong learning is is definitely uh, something that's within most veterans and one thing that you also said on on the last time we were together was that most veterans are are like us and good people but not everybody's an all-star right (laughs) not everybody's an all-star don't don't get a resume and it says you know U.S. Army or U.S. Navy veterans Mm -hmm. say oh I got somebody just like Tim and Eric or, or anybody yeah. else on these these yeah. podcasts. You guys still have to do diligence. I mean, sure. I know I know I very closely some people uh that that manage other teams that um have not had a, a similar experience, but by and large you know what to look
1: for and um you know you know what you're getting. But uh yeah. Well, and to to your point, I mean it's a it's a it's a cover letter, right? Um but and and, and it's and there there is a predisposition notion that goes along with the fact that you've served your country um Mm -hmm. and that doesn't that and and i would never take that away from anybody up front um but yeah you still got to do due diligence in your homework to say uh you know what the military is very diversified and absolutely what that person did in the military but that doesn't always mean that that person's right for the job that you're looking for in the private sector so they probably all have a place may not be that specific place but they all have a place you
0: know right on right on and and i think uh, the military is also i think it's the most diverse organization that i have ever been a part of right. and you know and, and this this race religion you know any differences that that people may have tend to evaporate when you're all working towards the same goal right and Hopefully, a lot of us, you know, come without any sort of baggage in that that direction uh, in the first place, right? But um, oh, yeah. but if anybody does, I think they can uh, quickly learn to get past it. And you know, don't believe everything you see or hear on the on the news these days about the military being full of this type of person.
1: <laughs> type oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, it's 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 like everything else. It's 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 not the same organization we belong to you know um and and it's uh but but it's no different than how everything is working in the world you know and and that's where you gotta find your place you know what i mean it's important to understand you know um where you fit in and and what 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 jives with you because you can be the best at that but if if you're not if you're not in tune with where you're at um it's probably just not going to work in your benefit all the way around right but you know, yeah, yeah it
0: has to be a fit, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. Know, uh, looking for mentors and, and guidance, though, you had sort of a hierarchical mentorship system mm-hmm. within the military. I mean, most organizations have a hierarchical system as well, but it's not against the rules to go outside of the chain of command. I know that's something that I struggle yeah. with even today. Uh, it's not against the rules typically in, in most organizations to seek out mentors from other areas. That's why you see the advent of, I believe that's why we see the advent of these employee resource groups. Like mm. we're starting a veterans employee resource group at Valvoline. And we have a very strong uh, international women's group within, mm. within Valvoline and other, other affinity groups as well. And it, it's uh it's pretty cool it's it's like almost the heartbeat of the organization like you go in you go out you see the building you see your coworkers and stuff like that and you know i think america needs to to feel that heartbeat of community again to realize that our differences aren't that great and that we all kind of want the same thing at the end of the day
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, definitely yeah. it's definitely it's definitely critical for the fabric as we move forward right now uh, especially especially with the the the, the fast-paced changes in the current situation economy manufacturing um you know switching to the green energy you know all these types of things are changing the the platforms you know of um of the different manufacturing environments and and, and that's required for us to do it too it's I think it's a this is a great spot to put in that you know when we talk about seeking the education when we talk about embracing different ide- ideas or understanding those different ideas and how they're being leveraged you know it's 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 important to stay abreast of those things because of how things are changing and what i mean by that is you know when you talk about digital 4.0 when you talk about going into condition monitoring when you talk about eliminating Um, a human footprint when you talk about digital twin when you talk about these things that are really trying to move off of human intervention um, you know time-based acquisitions but more moving more to that predictive culture to move yourself more into a proactive model um, these are where it's going and so I think if I had anything to say to our teams out there, especially wanting to get into maintenance and reliability, is you know think about diagnostics, think about you know this uh, AI stuff that's coming up, machine behaviors and stuff like that. Because to your point, it's not only the human side of the community relevance and the changing fabric, but it's dynamically doing the same thing in the manufacturing platforms as well, and so as these things evolve, you know, there's gonna be a different um, a, a different thing that people are seeking. And that is your knowledge might have to switch from understanding, you know, how to go out there and understand torque specifications or ISO standards for parts per million and lubrication, but more around what's this blip in this AI trending or, how do I use this dog to do static, static, you know, evaluations on pipelines? Those are, those are really where, you know, functionally it's a, it's, and people are willing to invest in it. And that's the next level that we're trying to get to at that point, you know? So it's, it's a twofold piece, right? So it's the, it's the human, human aspect. It's the, and it's taking that human aspect from the, from that community aspect, and bringing it into the workplace. So while you have that community aspect conglomerating in the, in the workplace, but it's assimilating it into the rest of the workplace, and and how how that particular place functions, you know. So it's it's tying those dots together. Yeah,
0: you know, in, very interesting point. I think at the end of the day that we are in a rapidly changing environment, and. And, and there's anxiety induced by that rapidly changing environment. Uh, AI, like what is yeah. AI? You if you watch a, a movie that's <laughs> focused on AI becoming sentient, right? Yeah. Or, or something mm-hmm. like that. Probably not there yet, but I mean, my wife work, uses Chat GPT all the time to create a letter or a communication that has certain sensitivities or sure. focus or anything like that so so this is coming and and it won't be the traditional education of the past or the way of thinking it'll be thinking thinking how to think and to think about how to interact are you seeing a lot of uh ai being yeah. introduced in maintenance and reliability when you are when you're especially out there, not yeah? just
1: yeah, it's 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 coming, and and people are experimenting with it right now. So there's a lot of companies that use um, different platform AIs to not only for uh, process control and performance, you know, but as well as you know really registering machine behavior, and that comes down to a motor, that comes down to a pump, you know. Uh, You know, you don't want to, you know, and when you talk about the financial impacts for that, while there is probably a level of effort that comes out of the checkbook to get it in place, you know, um, understanding it and optimizing the knowledge base of how that pump works, that mitigates tons of risk for unnecessary spend Mm. or resource resource time allocation. And it also takes away from that time-based Route preventive maintenance inspections. We did right. So now you move from a preventive maintenance to a predictive maintenance, and then do on condition repairs, as opposed to getting so close to the to the critical failure. And I would challenge everybody here. You can look it up on online, but just look at the IP to F curve. Right? right that that as you know, vibrations way up on that P to F curve. This AI is taking it just another step. But it's taking out all of the false, false positives in there that are sending people chasing things because it's learning that this is a normality as opposed to uh, an instance, right? So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of companies are using that to. And and uh, and to be honest, could be a, a completely transparent. Is I think there's also a very large shortage of people and a very large shortage of people who potentially want to do this kind of work. So you have to look for alternatives, you know, to 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 continue to keep the, the eye and, and keep it going. Yeah,
0: without a doubt. And I, I think from experience and, and and recent memory, like disparate systems that are they're created in the electric vehicle space reminds me of this mm-hmm. more because it's so fragmented at this point in time. Uh, I mean, lots of lots of component manufacturers, and that'll end up consolidating and congealing, you know, Mm -hmm. as it goes. But some of these trade shows you go to, like the advanced clean technology exposition, you you see, Mm -hmm. you know, people are doing wheels, they're doing batteries, they're doing engines, some are doing the entire vehicle, some are doing drones, some are doing this, some are doing that, right? And it's all over the place, including big, you know, class eight trucks and other types of machines. So, so I think it's, it's cool that, efficiencies can be gained through predictive analytics and using the disparate systems whether it's vib- remote vibration monitoring infra- infrared analysis oil now I think oil analysis still needs to get sucked into that program uh, a little bit more uh, perhaps we're getting closer to that I haven't I haven't seen maybe an industrial lubrication it's better than than fleet lubrication because the fleets are a little yeah. bit further further behind, but the, but they're catching up. They're catching yeah. up, and, and the telemetry and whatnot are are, are getting better. But uh, yeah, that's that's really interesting. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, kids kids going into computer science may have to learn some trade type of items as well yeah. because now it's you know it seems like this middle por- portion okay there's the programming there's the understanding and, and directing the the computer to do what it needs but when something bad happens the computer's not going to reach in there with two hands and take the bolts off
1: yeah yeah you know it so just just for you know to be completely clear like there's always going to be a need for people regardless you know, yeah you're going yeah yeah we'll be able to reach in there and do that but just because there's all this technology there's also a cost benefit analysis that's still being done um and you know you're not going to go put a five thousand dollar ir camera into every single mcc cabinet you have in a plant right you still got somebody walking around with a nice fleer camera and doing the stuff because it's just cost effective. Um, but that's where I I think it's still, you know, a huge thing to your point about the trade side is getting that Cat 1, Cat 2, Cat 3 certifications and technology um, because it still is on condition repairs. And that's really where that reliability state comes in. You know, you get into reliability, state, it's because that guy's out there with the IR camera or the UE gun or whatever the case may be that, you know, allows that predictive technology to be utilized for that reliability strategy overall. And so you're still going to need people. We are definitely not hands off by any stretch of the means anytime soon. So, Uh, but to your point, you know, even those people that are going to school to learn some very technical skills, I think at some point there's going to have to be that, you know, it wouldn't be surprising totally off the cuff and I'm just thinking of it right now, but I, you know, as the future, I, progresses you could be getting a uh you know a degree in computer science and then also learning ue technology at the same time right so there's a skill and uh and a profession so that's pretty interesting thought actually when you think about it from that perspective
0: yeah and it it brings you know go takes us full circle back to military veterans right so i oh yeah i mean for me i'm i'm in mechanically inclined right so i think this is cool right you're a small team of people that know maintenance and reliability, not only they can they work with the intelligence or the systems to figure out when something's breaking or the, mm-hmm. the machine is is feeling feeling down, right? Yeah, they can yeah. also go out and fix it, perhaps underappreciated, but you know, maintenance can be a cost center considered a sorry, a cost center a profit center yeah. in the whole in the whole program by eliminating failures before they happen. And there's so much focus on on other things that can can leave a gap in in the space right so you can occupy the space you get leadership challenges leadership opportunities uh expansion knowledge opportunities instead of like hey i've been told i need to go get an mba in this or a phd in this or or whatever whatever finance business blah 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 and that's that's all fine for, you know, if that's, if that's your deal. Right. But I would encourage people to use some of the, like the newer, well, I don't know if they're newer, but you know, some of the things that are newer to me, the, some of the personality tests, the interest tests, I just finished the book by Patrick Lincione, sorry, Patrick Lincione, yeah, I can't even say it right. Lencioni. We can edit <laughs> yeah. that later if we want to. We wouldn't even know I'm Italian, right? I can't even say Lencioni from the table group. And, and mm-hmm. he, he crafted these fables about the five dysfunctions of a team. And then more recently, Hungry, Humble, and Smart, like the ideal team player. And this one was about the six geniuses, is about the six geniuses of work and what really What makes you happy when you're working? I mean, these are the six components, and you know he's got a a nice little acronym for it. But you know, people can go in and take an online test. Okay, it costs twenty five bucks, or maybe you can get it your company to work for it. But you are the back to you are the master of your own destiny. It's nice to have people looking out for you. It's great to have mentors, but you know be okay with not having anybody looking out for you and yeah. not having a mentor and being your own mm-hmm. mentor and own master uh, of your destiny because sometimes you're going to find yourself without that air cover uh, specifically oh, yeah. and um and you need to be your own best friend at that point right
1: yeah, and to your point, I think that leads back to our military brothers and sisters, right? Um, so uh, you know, one of the things is we talk about the reliability space, especially with the military people coming out. And, you know, I think it's um as you step out and you change uh, over and, and and you make that transition from that that highly regimented, structured environment into a more loosely led life. And 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 you know, it was it was tough for me because I think I'm not sure if I said this last time, but one of the hardest things that I took on when I switched over was the military always expected excellence, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, and I mean that in the most purest form, like here I am in primary leadership development course going into just taking the the leadership training to be a sergeant. And we didn't wax the cleaning closet floor clean enough, right? That Because it's excellence. Uh, Anything's less than excellence even though probably would have been excellent but that demeanor of you can never be perfect always makes you strive for perfection right because we all inherently want to be the best at what we do now my what i struggled with is striving for perfection in a world that often mediocrity is perfection you know what i mean so um What I would tell our brothers and sisters in the transition coming into the reliability world is don't ever change your mentality to strive for perfection because that is what sets you apart from the rest of where you're at. And they hired us because of that trait. It takes it to another level. The other thing I would say is is, um, that uh, you don't have to have a PhD to be in reliability or maintenance. You don't have to have a master's or a bachelor's. You don't even have to have a two-year technical degree. You, it really is about a, a desire to learn, um, a lot of work to educate yourself, seize all the opportunities, and more importantly, listen. Listen, just genuinely listen to the people out there to gain the experiences or to you know, listen to those things, to understand the, that that tribal knowledge that comes along with it. So it's to me, it's uh it's its own coursework and its own dynamic because it really is a 50-50 of embracing the the engagement at the shop floor level with those people who have 30 years of tribal knowledge experience, understand the right way to fix that machine. Then going and studying what precision maintenance means, and then, you know, coming back and looking and understanding, you know, if we would have beat, if we were to repair this differently, it would have lasted longer, and then educating yourself through the books and the courses that show you how to do that. So I want to tell everybody here that don't run out and think you need a four-year mechanical engineering degree to go be a great reliability engineer you need to have the desire go out there and learn from the books and the classes from Mobius and you know other organizations but also go get the books like you're talking about that you know talk about you know I, I usually keep one in the office here but i i have one you know for no, leadership common, sense, common practice Man- right yeah, Always, management right? yeah yeah that's right yeah or or rajesh galati's book you know about maintenance and reliability i know that's kind of like um, you know, but, but pick it up. It may be a little dry, but if you have that passion and I would challenge people that if you start reading something like that and it interests you, you're in the right place. Right okay. on. Right but on. You, it's intuitive. You, right. Yep. Yeah. But if you pick that up and go, man, so this is just not what I thought it was about. I would take that as a precursor that maybe you should really consider something else. Right. Because there are those moments of dryness where you're studying 43,000 lines of data to try to find that bad actor. And that may not be your bag of tea, but I just want people to not run away and think that, oh man, I'm getting out of service and I got to spend four years of college to get an engineering degree to go do this. I want them to understand that everything you've done to this point has value. And if you have that passion, man, it's, and, And you're going to probably supersede a lot of stuff faster than you would by trying to spend all that time because it's going to put you four more years or five more years behind when you're you're missing out on all that key knowledge. You know what I mean? So then you embrace what you learned in the military and you bring it out there with uh, with understanding not to uh, scale back from your 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 drive to excellence. And you drive in there and start looking for those courses and those people that can help you it's uh it's fantastic man and, and the world is at your feet at there it's you can do anything at that point
0: so well, I think it, it you know and I think folks whether they're veterans transitioning or people in general are looking mm-hmm. for the voice of confidence and and strength like it comes through with you hopefully it comes yeah. through with me as well and in what I see or what I've heard not only in the podcasts but also um, I'm in a master's program that I'm yeah. going through American military university part of APUS which I would highly recommend because it's very flexible and good but I'm in there with a lot of younger folks right some people yeah. who are already or in the final phases of their military career before they transition to whatever's next whether it be civilian and reserves or or whatever and and peace people that have been out for a while but what amazes me in the introduction phase of everyone in these classes you give a little little bio right what are you doing there's for the folks coming out of the military are so used to be tasked with so many different things they come out they've got a young family they're starting a business they're getting a master's degree they're working a job they're like doing all this <laughs> stuff at the same time and like whoa brother you're like yeah. way overachieving here yeah. I mean not that you want to get sucked into the vortex of mediocrity but there there's yeah. a, there's a balance right there's got oh a yeah balance and and i think it's a symptom of not really knowing like where to go and what to do and and, you know you're you're poking at this a little bit if you get into corporate america you get in a job if there's a a suction sound towards mediocrity and all that i mean you got to deal with that if you want to deal with it but you can Mm -hmm. still have your own I want to be a better person today than I was yesterday and tomorrow yeah. than I was today. And you can keep doing that and you can keep learning on your own. Even if the place that you're at, you know, is, is, is not demanding a higher level of excellence, but that can, you know, if you have a level of excellence expert expectation and the pool that you're swimming in is, is just pulling you under all the time. Yeah. You got to be really careful of that because that yeah. can have, long-term repercussions in mental health and, and other stuff. Right. Yeah. So, you don't want to,
1: you don't want to go swimming with cement shoes on for sure. Right. But, yeah. yeah. But you, you also don't want to forget where you came from and yeah. that, that that's, that's important. So to your point, absolutely. There's a balance, right. And, and you don't, you don't want to yeah take on too much, but, but whatever. So to your, you know, I don't have to take on a hundred things, but the five things I do choose to take on, I'm going to do the best I possibly can
0: without a doubt, I think maintenance yeah. and reliability. Or whether it's in a uh, manufacturing facility, whether it's in a truck fleet, hell, the trades are suffering. Right? If you want to be mm-hmm. a, your own business owner, go go be a handyman. If you show up on time, you're nice yeah. to people, and you yeah. can fix some stuff. You can run your own business, right? And and uh, you know, I know yeah. that's that's dumbing it down a little bit from yeah. from this the skill sets in the military, but don't you know don't let anybody tell you that you're not qualified to do anything in the civilian world how you could go you know a lot of these folks are coming out really competent in electricity plumbing mechanical all sorts of other things right that they learned in the military that they can they can do their own businesses hell i know uh, yeah a guy um who used to be in navy special forces running a gun shop yeah. not too far from here. And, uh, you know, just does, does a successful yeah. business and, you know, is a, is a great guy. So, yeah. limit. Yeah. So, so Tim, I, I touched a little bit on uh, mental health. You mentioned yeah. when we talked, if you're comfortable with it, talking about equine therapy and uh, any experiences that you had there, because there may be people, whether they're veterans or not, or they have family members that are suffering from anxiety. It seems like something very interesting, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: and 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 what what do you know about that stuff? So actually, I th- I think um, uh, equine therapy is I, actually I was very fascinated by the whole thing. Um, I'm not only a person who's proponent of it, but I did go through one of their retreats um, from Hooves, which is a healing of our uh, veteran uh, equine services, um, and they're based out of White House, Ohio, um, and and uh, it's it it's actually. Um, well, It was actually enlightening to me because I didn't realize just how powerful horses are and that they actually have a whole sensory piece Empathy, to them that is yeah. looks inside you that you don't even look inside you, you know. So, uh, it's almost interesting how they act out how you feel, it's kind of weird. Um, but, um, but they, they've done a, a they've been around for uh some several years now, and I think what the great part about it is, is it's actually ran by somebody who is still in the, um, air guard. So, um, also been on a list of, uh, you know, a lot of influential people, uh, in, in helping, um, those organizations, but, um, and they help a lot of first responders too. So, um, but I, I think when I went through it and I just, I would, I would offer to you that, um, A lot of times it's easy to go to things like that with a closed mind and uh actually you know if you if you get to that point then it all seems really hokey right um you know i'm a uh, that's a horse i'm a human being and how could how could a horse possibly understand how i feel but uh i was i was probably the same way you know i just didn't it was a shot in the dark right um but i i would say if uh if you are feeling not well and and if you do have any kind of issues and and you're and you really are susceptible i, I would love for you to reach out to hooves they they're they have wide open arms they um they're all about uh really keeping it um and, and it's not like they're gonna uh, you know sprinkle some dust on you and it's all gone but really talking about the tools to manage um you know, those catastrophic things that we went through that changed the way we think overseas um, or anything for that matter in your life. I know they do a lot of first responders too that see a lot of um, horrific things too. So, Um, but they, they, uh, they have a retreat up there. Uh, I just tell you a little bit about it. So when I went through, it was kind of stayed at a different place. And since then they've, you know, gotten bigger. So um, more horses, uh, more stables, so you actually go there they have a, a nice um facility um and, and they have bunks and rooms and stuff so they try to keep everybody you know together you know obviously, right 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 and uh, in, in and in, in, in an effort to help everybody kind of engage and believe it or not you'll realize that while the occurrences are very different the reason you're there is very much the same mm. and um you you will make a lot of friendships, but. They have a platform that's quiet. It's out in the woods, um, and they you, you know you really get to spend quality time going through some very good workshops every night. Um, tend to you know have have uh, some music and just us people to socialize and talk to around a bonfire, um, and and the, it, and they've made the the environment very welcoming. Tons and tons of volunteers. A lot of them have gone through workshops and became a volunteer Uh, a lot of them are veterans as well that went through that want to help their fellow veterans and first responders Um, and so uh, they have a web page they have a facebook page uh, but uh, an absolutely amazing spot
0: Yeah, maybe as a as a follow on if you have any contacts there that you worked with. I mean, that we could certainly just reach out to the the website and find the ownership and get get somebody on the podcast, but I think as we segue into se- uh, season 2, we'll continue to talk to veterans who, who have made it through, but there's there's other branches of this. Uh, I I think I mean, we talked yeah. to Dan Jarvis from 220 yep, on one of these one of these podcasts um as well as chris pepin who's you know working in you know some volunteer status and doing things for veterans so these these volunteer organizations whether it's mental health or transition or whatever i think it it's uh perhaps beneficial to to give them some some airtime here as well as in in their experiences because they're seeing transition stuff at the same time oftentimes are veterans and and could be helpful as well as the employee resource groups. I've uh, met some pretty interesting people who are running these groups for different uh, companies and mm-hmm. um, you know, different companies take different approaches, but the ones who are really into it do, do quite a nice job. So, uh so yeah, that might be a good segue. So thanks for sharing on that, uh, Tim. We appreciate it. And, and we'll, we'll look for, Getting somebody from who's onto the podcast so we can talk to them.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I and um they 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 have a lot of information and stuff there to to dovetail on. I know a lot of the retreats and stuff are going on like that. I would also tell you that um, you know, I since we've talked last, um we we yep. have you know, we have a, a cattle farm and um down here in Mississippi. We've offered that uh, our some of our land. Oh, you do? Here. You
0: have a cattle farm?
1: I do, yeah. Beef cattle farm <laughs> uh, down here. Well, and, yeah. and, and the reason being is because, uh, I, you know, me being also diagnosed with PTSD, uh, that is how I go and actually do a lot of uh, things that are uh, low stress and just kind of easy for me to break away from the monotony and in the the in, the, in the, uh, con- um, hustle and bustle of the of, of the real world right so for sure but um, we've offered up our property um, some of the areas down here so that they could do some of the hosts could come down here and do a traveling show if they wanted to for um, veterans of this local area also I want to say that even if you're not interested in going to host you can donate like money or plane tickets to help them out and um, we have a red rifle cattle farm red rifle um, cattle company is what it's called and uh, twenty five percent of all of our merch sales goes to um to we just rotate between different um, um organizations that help uh, veterans um, through this, like Blues or um you know the twenty two zero or whatever it might be. So we oh right on we do uh we do try to encourage people to buy that, and then we just send check, check it out to those people. So fun to think about.
0: No, that's great. Tim that's great I appreciate that and uh and another thing I learned about you today that I didn't know so that's worth the price of admission so we're <laughs> we're coming up on our hour my friend so yeah. uh, any it goes fast doesn't it I mean it, goes it does so it does fast uh it's really fun talking to you I'm glad we were able to have you on again is there anything that you wanted to say that we we didn't cover during our time together today
1: so I, my parting words would be just around, um, there's, there's a shortage of people in the reliability space. Uh we're always looking for great people that want to learn. Uh, and I don't mean my company, but in general. So if this, if this really interests you and you're not in that, in, in the reliabilities, you know, wheelhouse or, or world just yet, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, and then the other part I would tell you is, is, um, To all my brothers and sisters out there, no matter what it is, there is no one event that's greater than the other in our minds or our bodies or our souls because we've all received it at some point or the other that has impacted us one way or the other. We're all as valuable in life as the next. So if you're feeling any kind of inclination or want some help, please, please talk to somebody. Even. you you too can pick me on LinkedIn and I will reach right out. Right
0: on, right on. And and I think, uh, I think that's, that's heartfelt. And then, then that's appreciated, Tim, without a doubt, I think everybody who, who, uh, well, certainly you and I are, are ready, willing and able. I went through, uh, some of the safe talk training, uh, recently, great organization, uh, not only, not only for, you know, trying to help people, but also to, um, to understand yourself yeah a little bit better and and that may be a non kind of a non-threatening non-admitting hey oh, maybe yeah. I I know I have something or maybe I don't yeah go through that type of training and it helps helps to understand yourself but um we're all ready to go and if you ever want to talk to the guys at 220 my friend I I can yeah. hook you up brother hook me up oh, so, yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah. yeah I I uh
1: I just uh you know we one one is one too many and I've lost more than one too many. So it uh it is heartfelt when you when you say that that is that is my life, and these are my people. Yep. Oh, yeah. Right on, right on the family, the,
0: the family, yeah. the extended family, the brother in arm, brother and sisters in arms, and there's no replacement for that. That's right. And that's right. We can we can't lose anymore. We just Amen. can't lose anymore. Amen. <clears throat> All right Tim well I sincerely appreciate you taking the time to talk to me round 2 we're starting off the second season All right and help us on this mission you mentioned that people get a hold of you on LinkedIn I think that's you know still probably you know the most viable resource for a professional yep. connection and you know don't even think about it just if it's if it's there you know reach out right I'm not getting the only people that are harassing me on LinkedIn is cold sales calls that uh, don't have anything to do with That's what, right. <laughs> what that's right. There's what I can of help things. people with. I'm like, that's... man, just you you're degrading the whole sales profession by by yeah. targeting yeah. me because I don't have any power over <laughs> Anyway, so LinkedIn's good good for this type of stuff though. I and mean, you really can't yeah. connect. There's a there's a tremendous amount of good content on LinkedIn too for, for veterans. So I highly recommend that. So a quick note to listeners that we're seeking both women veterans as well as tra- recently transitioned vets and also Marines. If you got you got a Marine that uh, wants to be on the podcast, let yeah, me know. Yeah, I'll get
1: it for
0: you. That sounds good. Please uh, keep it coming. And so thank you, Tim, and thank you, Mobius, for providing this platform to help both transitioning vets as well as those looking to hire them in the field of maintenance reliability.
1: That is all for today. Thanks again, Tim. I really hey, thanks, Eric. Thanks, Mobius. I appreciate it. All right.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Veterans Connected. We will see you back for another episode very soon. In between, we hope to see you in the Veterans Connected community group where you can meet Eric and fellow podcast guests and share with other industry veterans at mobiusconnect.com. And we hope to see you there.